This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in. Touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tying the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning and a merry post-Christmas to everybody out there. This is the KLI and Husker Hour. We are back on a regular schedule now that football season is completely in the rearview mirror. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. That is quite the jacket, Caleb Henry. You know what? I figured in my big return to uh, Husker Hour, had to do it right, and it's Christmas. This is one of my favorite Christmas jackets. Um, I can see why. It's called Fifty Shades of Santa. Um, <laughs> my my cousin Grant and I, we are the favorite grandkids, and a couple years ago I, I wore this jacket. He's got a, a nice green one. Um, I've got a white shirt with a red tie, uh, red pants. We, we, did, we did it right uh, showing up to uh, Nan and Granddad's a couple years ago. Yeah. I'm gonna get that photo sent out on the uh, on the Twitter. If you can't get to Facebook, <laughs> check the check the Twitter page. Uh, it's at KLIN. See, at the ver- at the very least, with with this because because it is KLIN Husker Hour, I've got the sh- the jacket, but I've got the Go Big Red. I've like I've yes. got my I've got my Husker stuff with it. Yes. So it is fully thematic. Oh yeah, no, it's it works. And you've got the man bun and everything. Yeah, it's, yeah, all yeah. of it. So anyway, um, Husker Sports, since uh, the last show you were on, went 0-4. So there's that. Is that all? So there's that, that I guess. All? They only played four games. Right. Well, that would imply the 0-4 record. Yeah. We've got a good show. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, last week, we... We 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 kind of had a chance to to digest the Nebraska football season. Uh, that was the the ga- the day literally the day after the Rutgers game. The decision to skip the postseason had not been made, uh, or at least had not made been made public by that time. So uh, we'll probably dig into that a little bit. But this is going to be a Nebraska ball heavy show. First two games. Now in the rearview mirror, Nebraska goes down to Wisconsin and Michigan. A couple ranked teams. Uh, a couple ranked teams are still uh, on the docket next up, uh, so that's a tough start for Nebraska. I, I, I called it a gauntlet within a gauntlet, right? Um, and and so it's it's a tough start. We are going to break that down, and we are going to do that with the voice of the Huskers, Kent Pavelka, uh, in our next segment. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. Stick around for that, and uh, tell your friends to get on uh, right now to hear to hear it. And I mean, and to see it as well. If you go to, to Facebook, it, of um, it's always nice to see KP. Uh, I'm interested in, in Kent's breakdown of not just over the last couple of games, but really over the course of this season. And we saw it a little bit last year, too. Um, and Hoiberg addressed it after this last game um, against Michigan. You don't want to be known as a first-half team. And Nebraska has been in a lot of these games. Nebraska was right there with Creighton. Nebraska was there with Georgia Tech. Nebraska was there with both um, Michigan and Wisconsin this week. Yep. And then you get just enough of a drought. Went over 12 minutes um, in this Michigan game without a made shot inside the arc. Yeah, That is amazing. Um, Delano Banton at like a minute 10 in the first half and then with like um, eight something left in the second half got a shot made inside the arc. That That is something that for this offense, the way that they need to push the ball, you absolutely cannot have. But they close the gap to four. Close the gap to four on Christmas Day. Had a lead in the second half against Wisconsin for about a hot second. But that's the part where, especially in a game like yesterday, now would would it have been full on Christmas Day? Probably not. The student section wouldn't have been there. I've had my gripes about the student section last year. But but you would have it loud enough that in an instance where you've got a top 25 team at home and you just cut the lead to four in the second half and you are on a roll and they take a timeout and suddenly sandstorm starts blasting in the arena the place would have been rocking how how much further could you have made that run but then you take the timeout and the artificial crowd noise dies and all the energy's lost mm-hmm. it's that that's one of those things i think it was um dirk chadlin uh omaha world herald uh, friend of the station he said that 
you can definitely tell that bad teams or average teams are going to have a lot harder time in 2020-21 upsetting good to great teams. Now, it's still going to happen, but it's going to be harder when you're at home and you don't have that crowd noise to really push you just that little bit more over the top. And that's where we're seeing Nebraska right now, who needs every little bit of help in the second half. Right, and and it's it's tough to bring that energy sometimes anyway mm-hmm. um and and you can feed off the the stands you can feed off the fans when there's no fans in there you have to you have to be able to find some other way and and you're right they've been able to bring that especially defensively the defensive intensity has been there in the first halves of these games and they've been there for for really for for pretty good stretches for majority of these games it's just that one blip when it goes away and the other team is able to score five, six buckets in a row, oh. that's when the game gets away from you and there's no coming back from that at that point. And that's what happened against Creighton mm-hmm. and Georgia Tech and Wisconsin and Michigan. It's all four of these power power six schools that mm-hmm. they've faced so far. And it doesn't have to be a 10-minute stretch. It's right. just two to three minutes to four minutes is all it takes, and then the game is gone, and it's just too much to overcome. And that's exactly what happened against Michigan was Michigan came out and made their first I can't even remember how many shots of the second half, but it was a seventeen. It was a seventeen to seven run out of the break, and the only reason Nebraska got those seven is because Trey McGowan's made two ridiculous three pointers that were borderline should have been four point play opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely on the second one got hit on the elbow. I, I can't really remember the replay on the first one. But Trey McGowan's went off in the second half after, and then Teddy Allen went off in the first half. You have all these things that mix, and they just don't mix enough. When you go on a little bit of a scoring drought and the other team stays consistent enough throughout the ball game, uh, Nebraska's right there, and I know this is this is going to sound like football stuff, uh, but right there, just have to find a way to avoid those little bits of droughts, the two, three minutes where you don't score and the other team doesn't miss. It, the the programs are going to sound similar with the this stuff because the coaches were hired just a year apart, and so you're still trying to rebuild both of those programs. In terms of the basketball, yeah, the the encouraging thing is on on offense. You have more than one or two guys who can just go get points yes. when you need it, and that's something that I mean, last year. Gervais Green or Cam Mack, you you had stretches. Deshaun Burke certainly too. Those were your three guys. But I think it's another level with guys like Banton and Trey McGowan's, and and certainly with Teddy Allen on spurts. There's more than one guy who can go keep you in it offensively, and no no better game to show that than the the one yesterday. Right when you have Teddy Allen. Yeah, was it 21 in the first half? 21 in the first half, I believe, on eight of 17 shooting, um, and it didn't matter. If he was pulling up beyond the arc with a guy in his face, or if he was getting inside and trying to shoot over seven one um, Hickson, mm-hmm. like he found a way to get floaters and get stuff off the backboard and um, tr- tremendous footwork on a nice up and under where he posted a guy up on the, on what was the right block. Like he did a little bit of everything with making shots. Hit a um, back foot floater mm-hmm. uh, from about ten feet away from the basket. Did scored in just about every way you could. In that first half, second half, one of five. That there, there's a little bit of streakiness there, but at the same time, if you get 21 in the first half, you should expect the rest of your team to kind of not pick up the slack, but fill in the gaps a little bit yeah. when you get into the second half, because you know what the game plan is from Jawan Howard coming out of the break. Wherever Teddy Allen is, be there, yeah. and he's going to get his shots up. He still got five shots up, made just the one, mm. but you got to be wherever he is and. Really, that worked in the second half. Yeah, twenty-one in that first half. Quick reminder: Wisconsin in the the game on Tuesday, twenty-five in the entire first half for their whole team. So yeah, that's that's indicative of what what kind of first half he was having. But yeah, it was obvious what Michigan was doing, and Nebraska was able to get a different guy going, and McGowan's just kind of took over the scoring burden in the second half. Uh, it, the way that the way that Hoiberg has kind of characterized some of these. Uh, the, these stretches of play or or these games overall, like the Wisconsin game, mm-hmm. just saying, hey, look, we have better shooters than this. These shots are start are going to start going in, and we are going to be closer at the end of these games. We are going to win some of these games. And I think that's partially a message to deliver to 
you know, fans of the program who want to, you know, hope that, that things are going to turn around. But I think more so, that's a message to the guys on the team. Those guys want to know that this is working. They want to know that the, the stuff that they're doing in practice is going to end up paying off finally in terms of uh, a result on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and with that message continuing to be hammered home by Hoiberg, that's really the main way to do that is to just say, hey, look, you guys are really good at this. Trust it. Trust your shot. Don't give up on it because eventually these are going to start to fall. Lat Mayan is, is struggling in games, uh, but he's still capable of, what was it, yeah. 80, 86 out of 100 three-pointers mm-hmm. in practice. Like that's, that's the type of talent they have, but they have to believe it. They have to keep that confidence high enough to be able to go out there and, and shoot their shot in rhythm and, and without fear of, of it not going down because mm. it's been like that for so many games. You see it in stretches, too. It's just it's the consistency of getting it to happen over a full 40 minutes. You see it in stretches where Trey McGowan's will get a steal and he'll go down and dunk it. And then on the next play, Delano Banton will get a long rebound. He'll push it up to the, the corner and Teddy Allen gets a three. And then on the other end, they'll they'll force a quick shot or a bad shot or get a turnover, and they'll go right down the floor and get another layup in the middle of the lane, and it'll go in. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 and Nebraska's got 12 points in about a minute, but then won't score again for another two and a half minutes. Like You, you see it in the stretches of how much this can work. I think a big part of that is the pace, um, and we can get into that later in the show, but there, there are a lot of times that I think um, this this offense – gets a rebound, a long rebound, or you've got the other team missing shots, and this offense doesn't try to just push the ball. They start to walk it up and not keep the foot on the gas pedal, and you get into too much of a half-court game. I haven't seen enough with this team to like what they can do in a half-court offense consistently over the course of a game, especially when the shots aren't going in. Need to just get the pace. It worked really. Trey McGowan's got the ball out and just said, "I'm just going to go get layups, mm-hmm. layups and dunks," yeah. and it worked. And that's what helped Nebraska cut it down to four. But when you don't have that and you try to go half court, half court, half court without having a dominant big man, um, and we saw that especially against Michigan, where they can just sit a big man in the bi- middle of the paint, or they can put Wagner down there, mm-hmm. uh, Wagner for everyone who likes to have fun, um, and they can just kind of sit and play passing lanes and not let you drive, then you just have to start chucking and hope shots go in. It, it hasn't really worked uh, for Nebraska in the half-court game. As much as Hoiberg can drop some really nice offensive sets, mm. this team needs to just, as soon as you have the ball, gas pedal and go. Yes. Yeah, you're right. No, the transition game has to be there for this offense to be successful right now. And at times, at times it certainly is, but there's there's definitely room to grow um, in that regard. Um, and and I just the this this start to the season with the Wisconsin and Michigan and and now you're going to get a couple more ranked teams right off the bat again. It doesn't get easier. In no, the it doesn't. I mean, you'll you'll have your game and you'll have your chance against a team like you know Penn State and Northwestern, who we thought were going to be you know around where Nebraska's level is. And there you have Northwestern at two and zero and leading the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Minnesota just beat Iowa. Minnesota beat Iowa yesterday. Uh, there, there are uh, a lot of. I mean, the depth in the Big Ten is crazy, and and to know that that's what Nebraska has in front of them and nothing else, uh, the wins are going to be hard to come by. But I think you can see signs of where they can make an impact and, mm-hmm. and get something uh, in the win column here eventually. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to have the voice of the Huskers, Kent Pavelka, joining us here to break down this team, uh, these last few games against Big Ten competition, uh, and what's in store for the rest of the year with Hoiberg and company. That's coming up right after the break here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Post-Christmas edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Hope everybody had a good holiday. A little bit of relaxation, a little bit of time off. Or if you're like me with four kids running around the house, just a lot of cleaning up after them. Just so much cleaning up of recycling. I was going to say, how much wrapping paper? Did, two questions. How much wrapping paper did you have to fill into how many bags? And number two, how much did you have to assemble yesterday? So I assembled a, one of those big loop-de-loop Hot Wheels things. Awesome. Um, we, my, my daughter. Did you like run it off the kitchen table? And 
Well, no, we don't have. We didn't have the uh, the the right batteries. So oh. we're st- I'm gonna. That's actually one of my tasks right after the show here is to go get the. That's right That's a batteries. Christmas yeah. snafu, sir. Yeah, you know, I'm. It's 2020. <laughs> I'm gonna just blame it on 2020. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we we had a good time and it was it was pretty crazy. But uh, my nine year old, she's she, nine, well, she's nine on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, whatever this week. But she's pretty good at putting stuff together herself. And yeah, it was just a Hot Wheels track this year. My two month old just laid there. Is that it? No help? <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> just worthless. Just, oh, that's too bad. Well, uh, the uh, the opposite of, of worthless uh, here joining us on the show. This is uh, a treat every year. We try to get him on uh, to talk Husker hoops. Uh, able to do it again here. Uh, it's Kent Pavelka, the voice of the Huskers, Husker play-by-play legend, uh, joining us on the K-Lion Husker Hour. Uh, Kent, Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining again here. How are you doing? Doing great. Merry Christmas to you guys. I remember those days with the little kids, and <laughs> thankfully that wasn't a reality for me yesterday because um, I had work, yeah. as you know. Um, yeah, it was good Christmas, and I hope you guys had had a good Christmas too. Yeah, thanks a lot. Well, we uh, we were happy to have you on, and and similar to last year with this with this Husker Hoops team revamped roster. Not necessarily sure of what you have coming in, but some of those guys were there redshirting. Uh, and certainly, I think an upgrade in talent. But in terms of what's left, how much better do you think this year's squad is capable of being compared to last year? Well, I think that the possibility exists that in another X number of games, we'll think back to the, what reality is today and kind of uh, uh, wish we had had more faith. I, I, I think that, and Coach Hoiberg has alluded to this that. There are a lot of teams around the country that have, uh, you know, that, that, that don't have a lot of, of experience playing together at this point in time. And so the development of this team um, from here on out to the end of the season could be significant. Um, I think there are some, you know, they got some problems. They've got some uh, innate issues that I don't know if they can resolve this year totally, but, you know, they've been com- really competitive. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I, 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 I think to those periods in all these games where the opponent didn't want anything more to do with us, you know, but that just like you guys have been saying, it just has not translated into a, a full 40 minutes. And so I, you know, I thought this when the season started that fans would be happy if they saw progress. Um, and I don't necessarily think progress means, you know, ha- has a lot to do with the win column. Um, I mean, what you see is what you get. And I think everybody can see that there's talent on this team. So I think they can get better. And the problem is that Big Ten is just so, so good. I mean, look at Northwestern's leading the league. Um, Michigan State's lost two games. Um, you tell me, you know, where there are automatic wins. And by automatic, I don't mean that you don't have to play, but, um, you know, there have been times in my career where you look at a schedule and you say, well, you can win that one, you can win that one and that one. I, I don't know what I don't know what those games are right now. So um, it's frustrating. You know, it's it's kind of disappointing. I know Coach Hoiberg and the whole staff and the players are disappointed that they've not been able to, to win more. Um, but the challenge now is to is to keep the faith not only for fans but you know internally as well at least that's that's the way i see it kent on, on the offensive side of the ball it seems like on any given night three or four or five different guys could lead the team in scoring and delano banton is a a walking triple double watch and Teddy Allen can shoot from anywhere. Whether or not there's a guy in his face Trey McGowan's is going to take off and dunk even when he's at a full sprint and you don't know when he's going to get up there. Um, Trevor Lakes can can pull up sharpshooting, lap man, just in a little bit of a funk. But uh, how exciting is this for you calling the game, knowing that really in any given stretch it can be points, 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 one rolling right after the other? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that again, has to do with the fact that for most of us it's obvious that there's talent on this team, and you detailed where it is. Um, I think the, 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 there are two main issues right now. One is, you know, we saw it yesterday and we're going to see it in most games. You don't have a, a dominant big man. And, and Dickinson, in many respects, was the difference in that game yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, he, 
um, when they needed it. Uh, he was able to score when he wanted to. Um, and he changed shots and blocked shots at the rim. And Nebraska didn't have that, although Ivan played a better, you know, is playing better. So they, they've got issues at the five. And, you know, until they get a, you know, like they had the kid at, that went to UConn, I think he would have made a big difference. You know they 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 need they need a player like Dickinson and they need a but but that's not going to happen this year. Although I think that when when Derek Walker gets back, he's got to sit out two more games. They'll be you know and with the with the uh, the uh, advent of Eduardo or uh, Eduardo Andre playing, they're they're stronger there. But there's that, and then there's just the. I mean, you could you could have predicted it yesterday. Michigan came in shooting fifty one percent from the floor. They shot fifty one percent in the game. Uh, Nebraska came in shooting forty two percent from the floor and just thirty two percent on threes. I'm not sure what the stats were yesterday, but um, I thought when I first saw this team on tape in scrimmages, internal scrimmages before the season started, that man, I don't know, they, they might be streaky shooting the ball, and they are. And so you always need guys that can that can shoot it down, and um, there are guys that can. But we're seeing, like in the case of uh, of Lat Mayan, that that he's streaky. So those two things, I don't know what you can do about that this year. Still, you can you know you might hit some, you might see probably see some games where they shoot it better. Um, I think I think Doc has had his hands full trying to figure out defensive game plans to to deal with guys in the middle. Um, but I mean, uh, over the, over the years, you know, it's become obvious to me, uh, that it's all about, it's all about players, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, Nebraska has good players, but in the big 10, there are, there are not only good players, there are some great ones. Yeah. And, and to your point, Kent Huskers, 39.1 from the floor, 35% from three. So pretty close to their averages there, uh, yeah. against the Wolverines. Kent Pavelka joining us here on the KLI and Husker hour. Kent, I'm interested. We talked a little bit about how the players have had to kind of make their own energy and, and, and kind of bring it without that crowd. You are certainly a guy who has fed off of the crowd uh, with, with, your, <laughs> with your style of play-by-play. How have you been able to adjust here in 2020 where there are no fans in the arenas and bring your own energy to the broadcast? Well, the big item is that we're doing them remotely, you know, and that's just, yeah. uh, just, doesn't, just doesn't feel right. Um, and even if we were in the arena, there wouldn't be the, the ambient noise. I mean, there wouldn't be that, that crowd factor, but I don't know how it's gone. It's other, the listeners will have to be the judge of that. I just, you know, get on and, and do what, what feels right. And, um, uh, you know, there's been drama within all these games, so it hasn't had, I haven't had to manufacture that, but, um, you know, I don't like not being there. Yeah, no, I I can certainly uh, you know feel for you. It's the, this this type of season where a team that that is trying to you know trying to figure it out and, and learn how to play together and um, to not have you know kind of a fan base behind them, uh, it, it's it's different. And how much do you think just looking at where this program is? How much do you think this this fanless season, this strange season? Uh, might hinder the program's growth just with this season being pretty pivotal in terms of getting these new guys with the roster together and knowing that a bunch of them could be back next year uh, and and hopefully that they'll be able to you know gel more this year. Do you think that has an adverse effect on on them not being able to do some of the things you'd have in a regular season and have that crowd factor in? Yeah, I, you know, I think yesterday they probably win the game with the crowd getting into it at the appropriate times. You know, I mean that is. There, there are a lot of Big Ten coaches who will tell you that, that PBA is, is not a place they want to play. And um, so without a crowd there, uh, it's, it's got to be more accommodating to the opponent. Um, you know, I, 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 they're four and five. Uh, they could be, you know, what's the arithmetic? Uh, they could be seven and seven and two pretty yeah. easily, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, – yeah, was just, you know the the thing is, without the crowd, things like what happened in the early in the second half yesterday, and what happened on the road at Wisconsin early in the second half. Um, but but focusing on home, I don't I don't know that you know I don't know that teams get on rolls like that, and and the Huskers don't respond if the crowd is 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 with them, you know. 
So, Kent, the, the season got going, and after a, a little bit, Eduardo Andre was able to come back. Trevor Lakes was able to get that waiver from the NCAA. Derek Walker's got a couple more games to sit out. A lot of season left. But then you get into this next year. Bryce McGowan's was in the arena yesterday. You've got him coming in. You've got uh, Kesey Tomanaga coming in and uh, Wilhelm, uh, the big guy from uh, from California. It seems like every few games this Nebraska team is actually just adding people. And they're, 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 there's a lot more depth than we've seen for a few years and going forward, especially considering how many guys could be back next year. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know how it's going to work out with the NCAA and the Big Ten and the individual institutions, but – to me, there are some unanswered questions on, you know, this season being a free one for everybody. And then if you're, you know, if you've used your, you know, if you've graduated and you transfer, grad transfer somewhere, do you get this year and another year? I mean, there are lots of questions and it, you know, it affects, it affects rosters. You know, how many more will Nebraska take? How many can they take? How many guys could come back next year that other, other, you know, if the, if the ruling wasn't that this was a free season, that they didn't have that option, what do you do? Do you tell them, you tell these guys, great, but, you know, you need to move on. I mean, I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't know how it works, and I don't know that anybody know how, knows how it works right now. But um, certainly there are more moving pieces, and that probably in the end is a good thing for a program like Nebraska's at this point in time because the more options you have um, to build your roster, the better, I think. Ken Pavelka from play-by-play voice of Husker basketball joining us here on the K-Lion Husker Hour. Uh, Kent, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, in in the Christmas spirit, you could give one gift to uh, Coach Fred Hoiberg here uh, in terms of making this roster better for this season. Uh, be it one you know one more big guy to to get down on the block against Big Ten teams, or uh, just gift a buzzer beater against one team. Like if you could give a gift to Hoiberg, what would it be? Well, it would be, let's go back in time. Here's your gift. Uh, rub the magic lantern and uh, Sananga from Connecticut and Kobe King from Wisconsin are on this roster. That would be, that would be my gift. There you go. I like that. Dip, in, dip into the magic lamp and, and get those guys on this roster. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. I, I agree. That would have made a, a, a big-time difference, too, I think. Uh, well, Kent, we appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, we uh, appreciate your time. Merry Christmas, and uh, we will be listening next time you're on the broadcast. Thanks a lot. Okay, guys. Merry Christmas again. Merry Christmas. That's uh, Kent Pavelka. I, I, man, you you forget about the kid from UConn, and I. I know. I, we I know we've always talked about the two Kobe's, uh, the potential for two Kobe's on this team with Kobe King from Wisconsin, but, uh, but yeah, that the kid from UConn that certainly would have made a difference mm-hmm. too, uh, with uh, with this roster. Um, all right, let's uh, head to uh, our next break here, and um, it's. It's been uh, it's been a while since the Nebraska postseason decision in terms of the football program, but uh, we haven't been on the air since they made that decision public. So I wanted to hit on that a touch. We've got that. We've got a transfer. We've got women's yes. basketball, more men's basketball to break down. Plenty to go. What? Uh, only thirty minutes left. That's all. That's only thirty more minutes of that jacket. That's all. That's all. That's all you Tragedy. get. Tragedy. All right, come back with us. We're right right back after this here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Huge thank you to Kent Pavelka, the voice of the Husker basketball program, on the radio every game for us. Uh, If you missed that, be sure to head to the podcast page at KLIN.com or you can see the interview right there on uh, the Facebook page at KLIN Huskers. Uh, It was... uh, Good to catch up with KP after after another tough loss yesterday with uh, with Michigan. Uh, I I I think you will see some wins, but like KP was said, man, it's tough to see where they are just yeah. taking a glance down the schedule. It is, and th- and I think that's a big part of this conference is not just its depth, but knowing that on any given night, like we mentioned earlier, Minnesota beat Iowa. That yeah. that should not have happened. Honestly, Iowa should possibly lose to Illinois, maybe, maybe Wisconsin, maybe Wisconsin, but there should only, Iowa should look at their schedule and say there's only two, maybe three teams they can lose to. Yeah. And then inexplicably, I mean, it's the same thing. Iowa lost to Nebraska last year. Mm-hmm. Nebraska got the upset there, which was fantastic. But there, you look down this 
the schedule for Nebraska, and you can't look at any of them and just circle and go, doesn't matter what that team does, we're winning the game. If we show up and do average, we're winning that game. Nebraska doesn't have one of those. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get that in the Big Ten um, in any year, but especially this year, right. um, the way things are going. It, it is, I mean, and you look at last year, it was what, two wins in the conference? Yep. Are we looking at the same thing? Are we looking at five, six wins? You don't really know based on how streaky this team is offensively. Um, th- this team can score with anybody mm. if you eliminate a little bit of the drought. Don't even eliminate the entirety of the drought. If it's a four-minute drought, cut it down to a two- or a three-minute drought. In that extra one or two minutes, Nebraska might get 10 to 15 more points. Mm. Like there, There's so many different variables this team realistically could finish just under 500 in the league. But this team could also finish with one to three wins in the league. Like yep. there's so much there's so much with how good this conference is and it's the same thing though and, and this has been a Nebraska bugaboo for a while. Hmm. There is not a dominant big man to go in and, and stop a guy. Like there was a 7-1 guy for Michigan yesterday, hmm. a freshman who I got to say his ceiling is huge. Like watching the way he was able to um, control the game at the right times, get to the free throw line. His free throws look awful. <laughs> like <laughs> they look like a seven-one guy shooting them. Right. Um, but a left-hander in the paint with great feet who can pass out of double and triple teams. Yeah. That is Juwan Howard struck gold with getting that big guy. Now, what does Nebraska match it with? A six-nine slimmed up Udrogo who just kind of got bodied around. Mm. It, it, it looked like uh, the Michigan guy was a junior or a senior, and Ivan was back down to being the, he's only 17 years old, guys getting thrown around by a Big Ten big. You're going to get into this season and see more of those guys. You're going to see Luca Garza. You're, you're going to see uh, you're going to see Kofi from, from Illinois. You're going to see some All-American type big men. Mm. Could the Michigan guy start to be in that mix? He's definitely going to be. His ceiling is up there, but Nebraska doesn't have anything to match it. Derek Walker's going to come in. I think he's a little stronger than Ivan. Still 6'8". But, he, yeah, he's still giving up inches. Eduardo Andre, I think, is really the future of the big man for Nebraska. The wingspan. The wingspan, the height, he's 6'10", so he's still giving up a few inches, but he's got, what, 7'3", seven, 7'4", seven, wingspan or something like that? Something it, like that. It's ridiculous. So he he can challenge in there. But he's a skinny freshman. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he looks like a guy who showed up on campus, and you had to say, "We're going to teach you how to eat." Yes. Um, like you see, a, a lot of guys show up in the walk-on program for Nebraska football. They they show up. Um, a Luke Reimer is a great example. Yeah. Showed up, got into the weight program, got into the nutrition program, and just bulked. Eduardo Andre, if he can pack on that muscle and keep his his lateral quickness, keep his movement, that is going to be someone that can keep Nebraska in games just by challenging big men down low. You don't have to dominate them. Just challenge them enough to make it hard that someone can't take over the game just by being taller and stronger than everyone on the floor. Nebraska doesn't have that, so you have to get creative on defense. A lot of matchup zone, a lot of trying to trap, and there was times yesterday I'm yelling, (laughs) <laughs> I'm yelling at the television um, at home with my daughter trying to sleep, and I'm going, oh, my God, you have three on the ball. <laughs> Anyone who's who's played uh, basketball at all, but especially a matchup zone, yeah, you didn't just trap, oh, my God, you have three on the ball. It goes corner, it goes big man, it goes opposite, and there's a wide-open three. And it's right. like you're trying to take away all this inside stuff, and Michigan just is knocking down three after three just to stay far enough ahead um, so when you have when you give up so much inside, you have to get creative. And to Doc Sadler's credit, he's done that, mm-hmm. and it works in times. We've seen it work in the Big Ten tournament a couple years ago. Th- those type of those type of creative things that we've seen a Nebraska team do. But when you're giving up that much inside, and teams in this league can knock down threes, when you get out of position, it really hurts you because now you're giving up threes. You're not just giving up dunks to the seven footer. Right, And that, that's going to continue to be the issue for this Nebraska team until they can find someone to fill that role and at least on the defensive end, shut down a big man in stretches. It doesn't have to be the whole game, but at least in stretches. 
Right. And that's that's the thing of it with these scoring runs, because we're talking about, you know, you, you get Teddy Allen on a heater, you get Trey McGowan's getting to the rack or, or being able to bomb threes in, in these stretches of play where they are carrying the team offensively. The missing link there is that's when the defensive intensity needs to be ratcheted up. That's when you have to play really, really sound on the other side of the court, because if you get a three on one side with Trey McGowan's, but then you're you're you know you're having a mental lapse on the other side, and you let the other guy hit one to answer it. Mm-hmm. You're right back where you started, yeah. and that's the missing piece to that. And I think that's the maybe the point that needs to be driven home more, drill more in, um, you know, in in practices. Like that's that's when you have to buckle down. You know, I, I don't know what you know. Hoiberg needs to give us you know the bat signal or something from the bench. Be like, hey, Teddy's on. You got to play really well down there now too, you yeah. know. Like that's the missing piece to this to be able to stay in these games to extend leads or to cut all the way down and not just make it a three or four point game, but to actually grab that lead back. Um, also, your your point about Iowa, how the Nebraska upset the Hawkeyes last year, last Big Ten win for Nebraska. That's that Iowa game, yeah, last year. That's the last win for Nebraska in the Big Ten. <sighs> um, and and this look. Nebraska's got the talent to win games. They're going to sneak up on some teams. Uh, we don't know where they are, but I, I, I firmly believe that it'll happen. And I think they get at least four, maybe to five, six, seven, if they really turn it up and, and start to gel. Uh, but they're going to get some of these where, you know, either either it's it's like that Wisconsin game where they do get that lead back after a close first half mm-hmm. and they start to pull away a little bit and keep it at arm's length, or maybe they go on one of those runs and find the defensive intensity and they can spread it out to a 9-10 yeah. point lead. You're going to have some of those games, and then you're going to have a game or two where they're hanging around at the end of it and the defense isn't sure who to guard. You know who 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 do we prioritize here on this inbounds play where Nebraska has a chance to shoot up three and win? Rutgers last year where Geo hits the three. Right, right, and that one of those games is is going to be there as well. Like the, there there are plenty of times, plenty of opportunities for Nebraska to get these, and and the different styles of games will all be there. It's just a matter of where they come, and and God help you if you think you know where they are, because I'm pretty sure you don't. We also need to. I I think we need to know talking about the different styles and. and Although this is this is a very deep league, the the style differences in teams like this isn't. You look at the teams say in football, and you know what you're going to get in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. You know what you're going to get in the SEC, and you know for the most part where you're going to get in the Big Ten, at least in the Big Ten West. Right. In basketball, there is a very big difference in what you're going to see night in and night out. You're going to see the dominant big man, yes, mm. but like a Wisconsin team. A One of the ten, slowest teams a, in the, in the a country. A ten-point lead for Wisconsin is a twenty-five-point lead for anyone else. Yeah. Because if you miss a shot, you're not going to get the ball back. There was a stretch the other night for Wisconsin where I think there was a foul. Um, they had run the thirty-second shot clock all the way down to like two seconds, mm-hmm. and there was a foul. It goes back up to twenty. Mm-hmm. Gets run down, run down, and then there was uh, another foul. And it goes up, and I was like, Wisconsin had the ball for about a minute fifteen, and if you, without taking a shot, right? Without taking a shot, is the, so that Wisconsin team, when when you're in a game with them, you have to take advantage of every opportunity you have because it's the same thing um, you see in football is they're going to run it so much that you're not going to have many opportunities. It's the same. So Wisconsin basketball, that's just a little bit different style. For them, because other teams are still going to go. Okay, we're going to do what we do. We got the lead. We're going to continue to extend it. And Wisconsin goes, this lead feels safe, but they do it so well, and they continue to get good shots. Um, they had another one where they ran it all the way down and took a shot with one second left, mm-hmm. and it ended up being a layup. And it's like, okay, if you can continue to do that, absolutely run it down every single time. But this Nebraska team, like you said, Cole, defensively. If they get on a run on offense, you have to do more defensively. And this is one of, this is one of the best defensive teams in the conference in terms of getting because of the length, mm-hmm. getting a hand or a finger on a ball. Just doing enough to disrupt the pass, getting steals, and then trying to get out in transition and Nebraska needs to get more out of that transition game, but not just in the steals and in the turnovers, even on a made shot. There there was a time yesterday where there was a made shot and Delano was right on the out-of-bounds line, and the ball bounced right to him. Mm-hmm. He tapped it in, 
and I can't remember if it was if it was Trey or Teddy. Uh, it maybe even was Ivan, and they just as soon as it came to them, they just tapped it forward. Delano just took off running with the ball mm. off off of a made basket, got to the other end. Trey did it a couple times out of a made basket, just went down and got a layup right away. Yeah. If this team needs to, and there's no way to stress this enough, at no point I believe should this Nebraska ball team be walking the ball up the court. Correct. At no point, because this team is not good enough in the half court. No. At all. Even if you go down and you push the ball and you get down there and you have to swing it back out and get into one of those sets, sure. But every time down the floor, the I love the old KU fast break. Mm-hmm. Get it down the floor, push it into a corner, swing it back, make the defense move, use three sides of the floor, do something. Because when this Nebraska ball team walks the ball up the court, the defense hasn't had to move for 8 to 10 seconds. And then you pass it to the left, pass it back up to the top, back to the left, maybe set a screen somewhere. How many of those defenders have moved in the 20 seconds that have moved, gone off the shot clock? One guy has moved? Mm. If this team runs the ball, absolute gas pedal, ball in hand, everyone go. I think that's where we're going to see the difference in this team because you'll start to wear down guys because they're going to know on the offensive end, shot goes up, we got to play defense already. They're going to want to go get offensive rebounds, but... Oh, gosh, this team runs. I think that's going to be our biggest difference, as well as when Derek Walker comes back and you get more minutes under Eduardo Andre. He He's going to be a revelation for this team when he can just, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes a game, just 15 minutes, maybe up to 20 minutes, and he can get in there and make teams stay inside enough that you can get the shooters open. But it all comes down to absolute gas pedal time after time after time, and it is so frustrating now, I played on a team. We loved to walk the ball up the floor at times. Like We had a couple dominant big men in high school. Loved to walk it up and go, all right, you guys try and bang around with them for a little bit. We're going to make sure they get a layup or a post move. Yeah, I cannot stand watching this team walk the ball up the floor because I know they're going to settle for a terrible shot nine times out of ten. Yeah, keep the pressure on. Make the defense work. Don't settle. Uh, and 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 play to your strengths, which is not half court. It's it's yeah. making making it transition, getting up and down. Sounds like simple things, but it has to just be beaten into your brain. Of yes. if you have the ball, you are going. Everyone knows what lane they are filling. Right. Even if you have to pull it back out with 15 seconds and go to one of your set plays, do that. But man, I'd love to see this Hoiberg team just run because it looks so good when they do. It does. It does. Man, you got me fired up to watch some more basketball now. <laughs> Good. <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, you know, that's kind of what we do here. We talk about, get you fired up about basketball too, hopefully. All right. We got plenty more to get to. Uh, some football discussion. Transfer out of the program. If you missed that, who is that? We'll talk about that. Uh, the discussion uh, around skipping the postseason. Uh, and a uh, little bit of Christmas flavor in there as well. So uh, be sure to stick around. Uh, plenty more coming here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Stick with us. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour, last one of 2020. Could you, did you realize that? Next time we do this show, we will be out of this godforsaken year. Yes. 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 <laughs> Finally, <laughs> um, so Husker football. We haven't just we haven't talked about Husker football once yet. Uh, it's all been right. uh, Husker hoops. Um, Bo Wilson, Nebraska guard, uh, really was full time starter mm-hmm. last year and maybe the year before, if I remember right. He, he started uh, some what, of the games like, two years ago. He, he started like twenty some games. Right. Okay. So so yeah, he was a full time starter. Got uh, usurped really by Ethan Piper. Well, Trent um, Hickson uh, also last year. Like, yes. Um, but then when when Piper went down in the Rutgers game, it was Hickson who came in to replace him, right. um, not Bo Wilson. Wilson is hitting the transfer portal. He he will have um, a year of eligibility because of the way this whole season has worked. Yep. Um, I think he's going to go be um, more than serviceable lineman somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but the positive on this, and I I never I I hate to look at things and go addition by subtraction. I look at this as. Who are the young guys that are coming in and just taking spots? Why from, Why is he thinking he doesn't have a role going yes. forward? It's because somebody's coming up behind him. Because you've got enough young guys taking that spot. Enough young guys getting better. Now, 
Have there been issues with Hickson or Piper, um, or you move more across the line and in Ben Hart and uh, these younger guys? Yes, there have been issues. Um, <laughs> Cam Jerkins, like there, there's going to be young guys on this line make mistakes. But if they're coming along enough that they are taking spots from upperclassmen, you know that the recruiting is doing its job. You know that the development of those incoming recruits is doing its job. Um, so I've got no doubt that Bo Wilson is going to go be uh, go be good and earn a spot somewhere else. But I like to know that at Nebraska right now, in this development through year three with Scott Frost, you've got young guys that are stepping up and saying, I'm competing for this job, and they're taking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just kind of looking at that line, obviously Ben Hart and Corcoran are your tackles of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them technically would still be freshmen, freshmen. next year. I mean, Ben yep. Hart redshirted once and played this year the whole year, uh, but obviously that's uh, 2020 for you. Uh, Cam Jurgens at center, uh, and then Ethan Piper presumably back there at that left guard spot, and, and Trent Hickson at guard, maybe... Uh, you got Sichterman and Newili and Will Farniok and uh, incoming guys like Willie uh, uh, Latovsky and uh, because of eligibility. Alaska. Because of eligibility, there's a realistic chance that next year it is all sophomores and younger mm-hmm. on this offensive line. Right. That feels pretty good, knowing the talent that they have, and to stick around because what what does Wisconsin beat you with? Four seniors and a junior. Yeah. What 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 is what is Minnesota? do really well with their line. Well, it's five seniors. <laughs> what, what does Ohio State do? Well, here's a, a, ju- draft here, here's a junior, two seniors, <laughs> and then a sophomore who's just biding his time to go get picked in the NFL draft. Like yeah. th- That's what these teams beat you with, is a whole lot of upperclassmen on the line. Yeah. And Nebraska, although brought back all five starters, has not had that just retained experience of, this group has been together for two, three years in a row. Mm-hmm. You're going to have that chance going forward now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, the other thing we haven't ch- uh, had a chance to discuss here on this show, um, it was uh, Sunday that mm-hmm. Nebraska right. announced that they were not going to participate in postseason. Uh, there was a statement release. Bill Moose, Scott Frost, uh, both had comments in there from, from Frost. Uh, he said, quote, our players made great sacrifices this fall to allow us to play eight games and practice without disruption throughout the season. Uh, and then uh, this has been a long grind, and it is time for our guys to have a break and the opportunity to spend Christmas and the holiday season with their family and friends. Mm-hmm. I I have no problem with this decision. I would have not have had a problem with the decision to to opt into postseason and make themselves available for some bowl if they decided to come after Nebraska at three and five. This is this is twenty twenty. All right, the rule, the regular rules don't apply. <laughs> Even the rules that you thought applied in August, where a bunch of people are saying, "Oh, we want to play, we want to play." Oh, now we don't want to play. This is a completely different animal. It's not a regular bowl season. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the the trips to different locales around the the venue. You're not going to get a full complement of like 15 bowl practices because Nebraska just played on December 19th. It was going to be like a week. Yeah, you'd have maybe a week. Uh, and 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 the the Christmas thing that Frost touched on. I mean, a lot of these guys hadn't seen their families since March or April. I think it was Martinez. Um, there, there there was a picture posted that he yes. hadn't been with his family in what two hundred ninety days or something like since that? March around around there. It it was just shy of three hundred. And yep. I'm thinking, you know what? For someone to put in all of that work, and especially for a guy like that to get all that scrutiny yeah. over the course of this year. Um, like I hadn't seen my sister. I saw my sister um what was it this last Sunday because she helped move a few things mm-hmm. because of that whole debacle. Um if you don't know, check Twitter. It's awful. <laughs> um but she came with with my parents and helped move a few things. I had not seen her yeah. since last Christmas. Man. Because I was supposed to see her at a at a baby shower late in the summer, August whenever we had it. Mm. But she was unable to come back because she's on the track team in at Wyoming. Mm-hmm. She was not allowed to leave. Right. So this is the fir- that was the first time I had seen her since Christmas. That which is an amazing thing because we're a very close um, group of siblings. That if there's a chance to see each other, we do. So you you put that on these young men playing football and all of the work that they put in. And the latest ones really getting there were in like 
June, when, when you could really get things going, yeah. and you stack so many practices, and then the season gets canceled, and then it's back on, and then you lose a game, and you not know week to week what's happening, but you keep busting your butt and putting in the work. Um, so it, it makes perfect sense to go in and say, you know what, guys, you've earned getting this holiday back at home. Yeah. The other part of it is, Cole, I think played into this is you end the season on a win. Yes. I think that plays a little bit into it saying, we feel good. You go into the offseason on a win. When's the last time Nebraska did that? Mm-hmm. You go into the offseason on a win because Nebraska hasn't gone to a bowl game in a few years, and you've lost, what, five straight to Iowa? Six yeah. straight, however many it is now. Yeah, um, the, the, well, six now. So yeah, so, so, three, Mike Riley, so three, you know what you're Frost. losing at the end of the year automatically over the, the past half decade. Mm. This Nebraska team doesn't end and go into the offseason on a lot of wins lately. Right. You have that chance right here to feel good, go home with your families, recharge, come back for a spring and hope things are, are, are a little bit more normal in 21. So I, I don't think there's anyone that should fault a single player, a single member of this coaching staff, anyone involved with the team to say, guys, it was a long year. Just go rest a little bit right now and enjoy the time off. Plus, uh, we had this little, it was only like a day or two because Tennessee had to opt out of their bowl game and Army got right into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole thing with Army, like, how does Army not get in, get into a bowl game and, and you know, it's it's our Army. Uh, could you imagine the national media having Nebraska at 3-5 and five in a bowl game and Army not? Nebraska would have been the whipping boy for that. Yeah. You better believe they would have been. Um, and so the fact that that is avoided by this uh, decision by the Husker football team uh, to, to not play in the post. That That's a side benefit. They finally get that stupid spotlight off of them, and the national media can find some other place to go complain about something. Scott Frost smiled at my daughter in a press conference. Enjoy the time off. <laughs> yeah, we did play that on the show last yeah. week, by the way. Uh, while you were uh, dealing with your apartment issues. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, wrapping up the show next. This is the KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Wrapping up this post-Christmas edition of the KLIN Husker Hour, the last one of 2020. Next time we're here for your enjoyment, it will be 2021. That feels great to say. New year, new me. Yeah. Maybe even a new jacket. Tough tough to top that one, though. That's pretty good stuff. Um, Husker women's basketball, 0-2 on the week as well, just like the men. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tough week for them, Caleb. Three-game slide right now when you bring it back to the week before with the loss to Creighton. But, yeah, that's in all three games on the road. Really tough one at Indiana. Um, It's a a ranked team. Lost 81-45, then lost 83-72 to Purdue. Uh, Just not getting enough scoring at times. There are some depth issues right now. Injuries, COVID. You had a transfer. Um, women's basketball on New Year, um, New Year's Eve will host Northwestern this next week. The day before that, though, Nebraska men's basketball will try to right the ship as well. They are at Ohio State this next Wednesday. Yep, that's on the thirtieth. Happy ninth birthday to our oldest. That'll be a fun day for us. And then they're uh, ho hum hosting Michigan State, who will be uh, maybe one and two, maybe zero oh and three in the conference, depending. They've had an interesting season too. All right, stay safe, wear a mask, happy new year, merry Christmas, and go big red.